It's a great opportunity to be here, standing before you. As I said in the two morning services, I feel like I'm probably one of the most equipped people on staff to to share at the educator service. My fiance is a teacher, so if you want to complain about SASAMs, about EdLab cards, about all those things, I, I know all about them. I can give you some advice. I've, I've shared many nuggets of wisdom over the last few years. <laughs> Don't know what they actually look like, but I know how terrible they are according to, to how much work they are. But if any of you are, are like me, you, you sat down at the beginning of this year and you you, you plotted out your year, you, you set your New Year's resolutions, you, you plan to wipe the slate clean from last year. If you're anything like me at school, you, you got all your books ready for, for this first term. You, you put all your books out, math, English, Afrikaans, science, your pencil bag, everything was all set out. And if you're anything like me at about this time of the year, you had math, science, English, and Afrikaans all in the same book because you couldn't find them we, we have these great plans. As a teacher, you've, you've set out your admin file. You've, you've, planned what, you've planned what you need to do. You've cleaned out your drawers in the office from last year, from all the rubbish and all the papers that were in there that you had no idea what they were there for. And you've planned your whole year on this wonderful calendar that now sits above your desk. You've, you've wiped the slate clean. This is a whole new year. Did some maths. It might be slightly out. I think this worked for the morning service. But there's been 116 hours of this year. If, if, your, if your year has gone anything like mine, not many of those hours have gone according to plan. You know, we, we've had these great ideas, we've had these great thoughts, but, but none of them really have gone how they, how they were meant to go. And if your life is, is anything like mine, it kind of looks like this at the moment. I wrote it on my hand just in case I didn't forget it. In case I did forget it, sorry. But if your life kind of looks like that, I know there's two, there's two groups of people in the room right now. I can see it. There's a group of people who are busy trying to solve, like they're busy trying to solve this. I've, I've seen pens come out and this has been written down. They're trying to find the answer. There's another group of people sitting here tonight go, how dare this guy even bring up a mass equation in a sermon? I don't want to know. So to put those of you out of your misery that are trying to solve it, the answer is five. Okay, so now, now we can listen and we know the answer. But like that equation, there's, there's two groups of people as well. There's those of us who have planned to wipe the slate clean. We've, we've planned for this new start. However, they're just, they're just great ideas. They're just nice thoughts. Nothing's really happened about them. We continue to live like that equation that's unsolved. We continue to live with, with, no, with no rest. We strive and toil each day. While the second group of people is those who have solved the equation. And solving the equation brings rest. You're able to continue. You're able to move on. You don't need to sit and focus on it for the rest of the, rest of the day. So the question is, how do we solve this equation for our job? How do we solve this equation that is our job. How do we find rest where we're working? How do we find rest in the job that we have? And the first point is that we need to understand that work is a gift from God. I found a very interesting quote by Bob Black. He says this, No one should ever work. 
Work is a source of nearly all misery in the world. Almost all evil that you can name comes from working or from living in a world that is designed for work. In order to stop the suffering, we need to stop working. How well does that statement fit with us? We want free time. We want leisure. We want comfort. We don't want the hardships and the toil that work brings. We spend roughly 50% of our hours that we awake devoted to work. Teenagers, that's 50% of the hours you awake from now until you retire devoted to work. Think about that. So therefore we need to ask, is this a curse or is it something that we designed to do? There's a verse in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 12 and 13, and it says this. For I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. For this is a gift of God. What a contrast this is to the opening quote where it defines work as a curse. But yeah, the scripture tells us that that work is going to be a toil. It's not going to be smooth sailing. But rather that we can find satisfaction in this. We can find meaning. We can find joy. Why? Because it calls us to change our perspective. It calls us to change how we see it. Work is not a curse, but rather work is a gift from God. Work is something that God has given us to do. In 2016, I had the, the opportunity of being unemployed. It was great times. going to share some, some wisdom that I learned there, so hopefully you don't have to go through what I went through. But, but my idea of work changed in that period. I always used to think work was just a job. Work was just something that you did. It was those 40 hours a week you, you didn't spend at home. It was, it was what you did to, to get money at the end of the month. But what I learned in that time is I still had 40 hours. They were still there. But I learned that something was missing. And what, the thing that was missing for me was, was the product of work. We're not just designed to work, but we're rather, designed to, we're rather designed to produce something because of the work that we do. We're not just made to have a job, but rather we're made to produce something because of the job we have. John Piper says this, The essence of work is to produce a work, an object or a state of affairs that didn't exist before you started. We have an opportunity to glorify God with, with what we do. We have an opportunity to glorify God with with the job that we have and, and how well we do it. So the question is, what are you hoping to produce from your job this year? What are you hoping to produce in your classroom? What are you hoping to produce in your workplace? See it more than just a job. See it as an opportunity to produce something. Secondly, the second point that helps us make sense of the jobs we have is to understand that God positions us. The second way we solve the strife that we, we deal with is to understand that God has positioned us where we are for a greater purpose. I try to think of the best way to explain this, and I found this, this short but powerful video clip. For me, the closing line helps us make sense of, of why God has positioned us. Every life has a story if we bother to read it. God's positioned us where we are to read the stories of those around us, to to see the hurt that they're going through, to celebrate in the good times. It's far more than, than just a job that we have. 
but rather it's an opportunity that we have to show love to those who are unloved, to encourage those who are downhearted, to comfort those who are broken. This isn't just an opportunity that teachers have, but it's an opportunity that all of us have. We all come into contact with so many different people throughout the day, throughout the week. How do we, how do we show love to them? How do we show that we care? How do we read the stories of what's going on in their lives? By building relationships with them, by friendship, by getting to know them, by, by showing that you really care, by being there for them in the good and the bad. Those are, that's how we read the stories of, of those who are around us. But understanding that we're positioned by God also brings us joy in the hardship. It encourages us in the difficult times. It gives us hope that there's a purpose where we are. It's not just a job, but, but it's rather where God has positioned us. It's rather where God wants you to be for a purpose. So the question is, whose story are you wanting to read? Whose story are you wanting to know more about? And how are you going to do that? But more importantly than, than just the job, more importantly than just the work that we do, how do we, how do we wipe the slate clean on our life? It's great that we understand how, how good work is and how it's from God. But how do we solve this equation for our life? How do we find rest in our lives? And if you'd like to turn with me tonight to Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. It says this, Come to me, all who are... Le- all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of, in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For yes, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Four, four verbs that are in this passage, four, four verbs that jump out and, and, and they show us what we need to do, what, how we need to respond to what Christ is doing for us. Firstly, it says that we need to come. Jesus says, come to me. This is a personal invitation. It's not just a a stand in the line and wait for the next available person to help you. But Jesus is saying, come to me and I am the one who can help you. Come to me and I am the one who offers rest. Not just rest that the world offers, but rest for your soul. Rest for eternity. What does it mean when we, when we come to Jesus and, and ask Him to be our Lord and Savior? It doesn't mean that we, we come to Him and we expect smooth sailing. It doesn't mean that we come to Him and expect all the speed bumps to disappear. But rather what it means is we, we come to Him, we face the day knowing that God is in control, that He is involved in our lives, and He understands that what we're going through. He brings rest. So our response is, how do we, how do we come to Christ? And, and the Bible says we need to come open-handed. We don't need to come with anything. We don't need to come with, with our good deeds and our efforts, but rather we need to come empty, knowing that He's the one who does it all. And we need to understand that we need Jesus. There's no point in coming to Jesus saying, I can do this by myself. But rather we need to come to Christ knowing that He's the one who, who can take our sin away. Secondly, Jesus tells us to, to take. He tells us to take his yoke. A yoke is, a, is a, something that was used in farming. 
It was a big tree trunk that was put over an ox or a couple of oxen and was used to pull the plow in the field. By nature, yokes were not light. They were heavy. But this is also a picture of, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees of Jesus' time who enforce, who enforcing the people to follow so many rules, to follow so many structures that they had put in place, that all it was doing was just weighing them down. Often here people say these words are, I don't want to become a Christian because there's too many rules that I need to follow. I don't want to become a Christian. It's just going to weigh me down. But yeah, what Jesus is saying is, come to me and take my yoke because it's light. He doesn't want to weigh us down. He doesn't want to add more stress, but rather he wants to offer us rest. And the yoke that Jesus offers us is, is simple. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what, it's, that's what it sums, all those laws in the Old Testament, that's what Jesus sums them up as. Love the Lord and love God and love man. It's a simple filter which we can pass everything through. Are we in a growing relationship with God? Are we loving Him more than we did before? Are we trying to love others? Are we trying to reflect the love that Christ has shown us? The third verb that, that we come in contact with is, is learn. Jesus says, take my yoke and learn from me. He's not calling us to something that's unobtainable. He's not calling us to something that we, we have to find out on our own or, or we're on this journey by ourselves. But rather he says, come to me and I will give you this rest. Learn from me. I'm with you in this. By learning, we, we need to grow in our desire to know God, know God more and more. How sad it is that, that often we, we call people to accept Christ, but we never encourage them to grow in their relationship. That we, we make it all about the initial act of, of coming to Christ. But yeah, we're told that we need to learn more and more. We need to continue to grow in our relationship with Him. And fourthly, the final verb. He says that we will find. We will find rest. This is a certainty that we can hold on to. Without Christ, rest is just that dream picture we have on our desktop of a tropical island where we're going to go one day. If any of you have ever been on that great holiday, you go away for two weeks, you come back and three weeks later, all you want is another holiday. The rest was great, but you want more. But Jesus is saying, come to me all who are bruised and weary because of life. Those who have fought in the trenches, those in need of rest, and I will give you rest for your soul. It's more than just a nice holiday, but rather he's offering us something completely different. What Jesus is offering is to wipe our slate clean. He's offering to give us a new life. He's offering forgiveness of sin. This morning during the, the 10, this verse popped into my head, and I don't know why it wasn't there before. But 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this, For if anyone in, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. That is the promise that he gives us. In Christ we are made new. Our slate is wiped clean. It's not that God just flips it over and says, Okay, this side's clean, but wait. One day I'm going to show you everything that you've done. No, it's gone. He has forgiven us of our sin. He has wiped it clean. The solution brings us rest. The solution of, of, of coming to Christ, finding, finding Him, brings us rest because we are in right standing with God. 
We don't have to toil on our own. We don't have to toil for anything, but rather we know that we are in right standing before God. And this gives us rest, that we don't need to strive to, to please Him, but rather Jesus did that on the cross already. But secondly tonight, I feel that there's a group of people who the Lord is saying that He wants to offer a clean slate again. That that in this world that we, we live in, we, we're so focused on 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 success and achievements that so often we leave Christ behind. We go off and do our own thing. But rather what Christ is saying tonight is return to me, come back to me. Return to your first love. I, I am the one who, who can forgive you again. I am the one who is willing to, to take you back in. This results in the, in the same peace that we spoke about earlier, the rest from striving, the rest from trying to, trying to please God in, in our own efforts, in our own actions. So tonight, uh, one challenge is, is for anyone seeking to know more about Christ, anyone who, who wants to know more, we are available in the front after the service to, to chat. But I also encourage you to, to sign up for the New Believers course or the Seekers course that's starting next week. It's, it's four to six weeks. Give it a shot. Ask the questions you want to ask and, and see if it helps you in this journey. But the second group is, is I encourage those to, to search, those who, who feel far from God, to search your heart. Remember the joy that you had when you first believed and, and come back to that. Come back to God and seek to grow in your relationship with Him. Don't, don't be satisfied where you are today. Seek to continue to grow more and more in your relationship with Him. Let's close in prayer. So Lord, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you that that your word offers rest, your word offers new life, a clean start, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for, for your son's death on the cross that makes us all possible. Lord, that without that, we, we strive and toil on our own. But because of him, Lord, we can, have, we can have rest. Lord, and thank you that this is available for everyone, not just a few, but, but all who come. So, Lord, I just pray that tonight you will continue just to stir our hearts to know you more and more, Lord. Stir our hearts to continue to learn more about you. Lord, to continue to, to trust the rest that you offer. So, Lord, I just pray for this in your name. Amen. Just a reminder to teachers. They, they stuck the sticker on me that I'd remember this announcement. Um, if you have a sticker, if you want to go outside to the guest lounge, you can grab a cupcake and a, a special gift made just for you.